Chapter 13 of Ozoplaning with the Wizard of Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 13 The King of the Cudgers. The wizard's plan worked very well at first. He and the soldier astride one stick, Dorothy and Jellia holding the poor sodden scarecrow between them on the other, shot high into the air, across the lake, and over the amazed ranks of bowmen drawn up on the bank. Before the red beards had recovered from their surprise, the travelers were winging strongly toward the turreted red castle that crowned the mountaintop. The cowardly lion to escape the flying arrows had swum underwater. Now, scrambling up the bank, he neatly skirted the enemy and ran swiftly beneath the two flying staffs. "'As soon as we're safely past this castle, we'll descend, rest, dry our clothes, and then proceed to the Emerald City,' called the wizard, turning to wave encouragingly at the two girls. But at that moment a dreadful thing happened. Sprawled on a huge camp-chair on the sloping terrace before the castle, its huge red-bearded owner suddenly sighted the flying sticks and their riders. Seizing the long bow that lay beside him on the grass, he sent two arrows speeding upward, one right after the other. Each arrow found its mark and splintered a flying stick. With spine-shattering suddenness, the travelers crashed to earth. Dorothy, describing it to Ozma later, explained that although she never had been in a battle, she knew exactly how a warrior felt when his horse was shot from under him except, of course, that a horseman would not have had so far to fall. The scarecrow, tumbling off first, softened the bump for both girls. The wizard of the soldier plunged headlong into a red pepper bush. While not seriously injured, they were grievously scratched and shaken. But the worst was not the blow to their pride in persons. The worst was to see the upper and winged halves of their precious sticks flying away without them. "'Oh, no!' groaned the wizard, leaping out of the pepper-bush and running for an anguished yard or two after the vanishing staffs. "'This is awful, awful! Come back, come down!' he implored, realizing, even as he shouted, that the sticks could neither hear nor obey. "'No, then, what are ye?' The startled red beard hoisted himself out of his camp-chair. Witches riding on bow-room sticks? No, then, call off your dog. The cowardly lion, noting the mischief already done by the Red King's bow, has seized it in his teeth and backed rapidly into the bushes. The wizard, reluctantly withdrawing his gaze from the sky, now stamped over to the astonished owner of the castle. Just see what you've done, he cried angrily. Destroy the only winged staffs in Oz. We flew them all the way from the Strat, and now how are we to reach the Emerald City in time to stop the Airlanders? Don't you realize—but how could you? In sudden discouragement the wizard broke off and stared despondently around the rugged mountaintop. I must tell you, he began again in a hoarse and desperate voice, that Ozma and the Emerald City are in great danger. 
strut of the strat and a host of his flying stratovanians are descending to conquer oz and carry off ozma's treasure if we fail to warn her the city is lost doomed i tell you since you have shattered our flying sticks you must quickly supply us with some other means of travel we must reach the capital before morning must roared the bearded bowman are you shouting must at me be careful cried dorothy for the wizard in his earnestness had stepped closer and closer to the red king but her cry was too late without any warning the king's pointed beard rising with his wrath pointed straight out and struck the valiant wizard to the earth for a whole minute he lay perfectly still staring up at this curious phenomenon though he had seen many a beard in his day he had never been knocked down by one before who are you demanded the burly mountain monarch again how dare you fly over my castle and swim in my lake without permission stroking his beard which gradually resumed a vertical position on his chest he stared from one to the other of the adventurers no use to run he sneered as wantowin battles began to back toward the bushes my bowmen will be here any moment now but who are you who groaned jellia propping the bedraggled scarecrow against a rock a body'd hardly know after such a welcome who are you yourself you old redbeard i roared the bowman taken completely by surprise why don't you know i'm bustaboo king of the cudgers and red top mountain i don't believe it said the wizard leaping agilely to his feet and shaking his fist under bustaboo's long nose a real king would not treat travelers as you have done shoot away valuable flying sticks and keep two lovely girls standing out here in the wind how do you know what a king would do demanded bustaboo puckering his forehead in an uneasy frown because stated the wizard folding his arms disdainfully i personally know all the most important rulers in oz and none of them would behave as you have done if you are a king act like a king who are you repeated the ruler of redtop walking around the little group with hands clasped behind his back oh for oz's sake tell him snarled the cowardly lion poking his head out of the bushes if he asked that question again i might eat him up pointed beard and all well this is the wizard of oz explained dorothy as the lion stalked grimly out of the bushes chief magician for ozma of oz this dorothy with a wave of her hand indicated the trembling soldier this is want to win battles the grand army of oz beside him is our famous live scarecrow i am princess dorothy of oz and this is jellia jam first lady in waiting to ozma coming toward you is the cowardly lion of oz he doesn't look very cowardly to me 
muttered Bustaboo, putting the camp chair between himself and the approaching beast. "'Oh, but I am cowardly,' growled the lion growlishly. "'And when I'm frightened I never know what I'll do. I might even chew up the king of this mountain. Who ever heard of a king pointing his beard at harmless travelers? Who ever heard of a king with a beard as hard and red as yours, anyway?' It's as hard as iron from the looks of it. Harder, agreed the king, evidently considering the lion's remark a compliment. All we cudgers have red beards, not of soft hair like his. The red king gazed contemplatively at the soldier with green whiskers. But of hard hair like mine, I don't suppose you ever seen a beard like this before. The point sharp as a dagger, too. He warned as the lion sprang a pace closer. "'Oh, I'm sure it is,' said Dorothy nervously. "'And it's dreadfully handsome, too. But could your majesty please let us dry out in your castle, and then could you show us the quickest route to the Emerald City? If you don't,' finished Dorothy, clasping her hands anxiously, "'the ruler of this whole country of Oz may be captured and carried to the Strat.' "'What do I care about the ruler of Oz?' sniffed Bustaboo. Scratching his head in a most unkingly manner, "'Ozma never does anything for me. Even if she were conquered I'd still have my mountain. Why should I help ye or her or them?' His scornful wave included the whole little group. "'What can you do for me?' he asked sullenly. "'Can you sing?' His dull eyes brightened momentarily as it rested inquiringly on Dorothy. "'Well, a little,' confessed Dorothy, smoothing down her damp dress. Clearing her throat and fixing her eye on the top of a red pine, she started in a rather choked voice. "'Oh, bright and gay is the land of Vaz. We love its lakes and hills because—' "'There, there, that will do.' Bustaboo snapped his fingers impatiently, and, taking out a little book, shriveled hastily. "'Can't sing. Can you dance?' he demanded, addressing himself to Jellia. "'We are short of good dancers on this mountain.' Jellia, by this time, was in such a state of cold and temper, she stamped her foot and turned her back on the unmannerly monarch. "'Can't dance,' wrote Bustaboo, under the first entry. "'Well, then, what do you do?' he asked, turning in exasperation to the wizard. "'I,' said the wizard, twirling his water-soaked topper, "'I am a wizard. Naturally, I supposed a king like yourself would have everything he desired. But if that is not the case, tell me what you wish, and perhaps I can help you.' Only be quick, he added earnestly, for we have no time to lose. So you really are a wizard, Bustaboo's expression became almost agreeable. Well, then, he drew himself up pompously. The princess whom I wish to wed has unaccountably disappeared. Find and return her to this castle. And I will speed ye and yer friends to the Emerald City by the safest and swiftest route. But that would take too much time, 
objected the wizard, rubbing his chin anxiously. "'Who is this princess? Why is she gone? What is her name, and what does she look like?' "'If you were a real wizard, you would know all these things without my telling you,' answered Bustaboo, looking suspiciously at Ozma's chief magician. "'I'll tell you this much, though.' The princess whom I would marry is called Azarine the Red. Not three days ago she was in this castle, but on the morning of our wedding day she ran off into the forest, and though all of my bowmen have been searching ever since, not a trace of her have they found. Hm! The girl showed very good sense, if you ask me, sniffed the cowardly lion, shaking his mane. What did you do? Point your beard at her? Come on, Wiz, let's go. We're wasting time here. Ah, but you cannot leave. Look behind you. Bustaboo, with an enormous laugh, pointed over his shoulder. Silently as Indians, the bearded bowmen had crept up and entirely surrounded the little company on the green. Standing in a circle with bows raised and beards pointed, they fairly dared anyone to take a step. "'So then it's all settled,' the Red King clapped the wizard heartily on the back. "'Don't think I have not heard of your skill, Master Wizard. Even here on Red Top we've heard rumors of the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Now all ye have to do is walk into that forest, find the princess, and bring her back to me.' Meanwhile, I shall treat these others as my guests. They shall rest and warm themselves, and have all they wish to eat. If by morning you have failed to return, I shall regretfully be forced to throw them off the mountain. If you do return, you will find that Bustaboo will keep his word and bargain. The wizard hardly knew what to say. "'If he knows so much, why does he not help himself?' demanded one of the Redbeards, stepping insolently out of the circle. "'People who can fly through the air on icebergs and sticks do not need help from ordinary folk like us. Why doesn't he fly to the Emerald City if he's so smart? I'll tell you why. Because he's not the Wizard of Oz. He's a fraud, that's what.' "'If he's a fraud, then you're a rascal,' cried Jellia Jam, remembering suddenly that she recently had been a starina. "'Your princess is as good as found, Mr. King. Isn't that so, wizard?' Meeting Jellia's firm gaze, the wizard nodded quickly. "'This young Oz maid is right, Your Majesty. Before the sun rises, Azarine will return to this castle.' "'Yes, and now bid your vassals lead us into the castle,' ordered Jellia sharply. "'Bring us soup, meat, bread, vegetables, salad, and plenty of fruit and cake.' Bustaboo, after a long look both at Jellia and the wizard, motioned for the bowman to lead the visitors into the castle. The cowardly lion trailed suspiciously along in the rear, keeping a sharp watch to see that no beards were pointed at his friends.' The wizard accompanied them part way, conversing in earnest whispers with Jellia and Dorothy. Want to win battles supported the dripping and still helpless scarecrow, and each tried not to show the anxiety he felt 
when the wizard finally turned to leave them. "'Good-bye, all,' he said, lifting his dripping hat. "'Good-bye, Jellia. Here is your bag.' Tapping the kit-bag significantly, he pressed it into Jellia's cold hands. Then, without a word to Bustaboo or his henchmen, he strode resolutely toward the dark forest that covered the sides and more than half of the top of the mountain. Relenting a little, the Red King sent a bowman running after him with a basket of provisions. Taking the basket with a brief nod of thanks, the wizard waved again to his friends and marched straight into the gloomy and forbidding woods. End of chapter 13